Hey guys, what's up? This is your host Jay, and welcome to the 91 Perspective Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6. And this is my show that allows a safe space for people of different backgrounds and perspectives to talk about various topics and issues that you may not be aware of. And today, on this lovely Friday, Uh, And in the month of Black History Month, but Black His and Her Story Month, we're going to be focusing on our former first African-American lady of the United States, wife to uh, the 44th President Barack Obama. We're going to be talking about Michelle Obama, the first lady, previous first lady of the 44th president. And, you know, I wanted to focus on uh, the the first time I did the the episode for uh, Black His and Her Story Month, I focused on a a woman, an African-American woman that was deceased, had long passed away, and talk about her accomplishments. And then the following week, I talk about an African-American man that is presently alive and wanted to give roses to the person while they're alive. And Michelle Obama, she is alive. And I want to show my appreciation for her and all the accomplishments she's made uh, up until this point in her life um, as she's still living. So basically, we're focusing today on the living great Michelle Obama. Now, um, if you're listening out there, Miss Michelle Obama, thank you for everything you have done and contribute to this country. You will never be forgotten. You will always be remembered for your love, your grace, your beauty, your accomplishments, and all that you continue, that, that you've done before and all that you continue to do. So, as we get started, her full name is actually uh, Michelle LeVon Robinson Obama. So, I'm not sure if LeVon is, that might just be her middle name, or Robinson is probably her previous name, but that's her whole entire name, Michelle LeVon Robinson Obama. So, Miss Miss uh, Michelle Obama was born January 17th, uh, 1964, and is an American lawyer, a university administrator, and writer who was the first lady of the United States from 2009 to 2017. <clears throat> and she is currently married to the 44th uh, president of the United States, Barack Obama. And she was the first African-American first lady of the United States, So, which we all know. And that was a monumental uh, accomplishment. I mean, I think... Uh, being black and being the uh, first black anything is an accomplishment in itself especially if you know the history of this country some don't but it's a thing and it's still surprising when more and more people become the first black or first latino first this that it it should it's 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 broadening raised on the south side of chicago Illinois, Obama is a graduate of Princeton University and Harvard Law School. 
In her early legal career, she worked at the law firm Sidley Austin, where she met Barack Obama. She subsequently worked in nonprofits and as the Associate Dean of Student Services at the University of Chicago, as well as the Vice President for Community and External Affairs of the University of Chicago Medical Center. Michelle married Barack in 1992, and they have two daughters. I forgot the daughters' names. I, I, I think I remember one, Malia, but I, I forgot I forgot their names. Uh, side note, it's interesting that she was from the south side of Chicago, like my last person I talked about before, uh, Nathaniel Mary Quinn. They, they breed some really interesting people. Um, really interesting people have came from that place, Southside Chicago, which is amazing. Obama campaigned for her husband, her, for her husband's presidential bid throughout 2007 and 2008, delivering a keynote address at the 2008 Democratic National Convention. She returned to speak for him at the 2012 Democratic National Convention. During 2016 Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia, she delivered a speech in support of the Democratic presidential nominee, Hillary Clinton, a former first lady. As first lady, Michelle Obama served as a role model for women and worked as an advocate for poverty awareness, education, nutrition, physical activity, and healthy eating. She supported American designers and was considered a fashion icon. So here's the thing with Michelle Obama that I really do appreciate on all of these levels. Um, I think the, I, I think the first thing I, I want to point out was that she really cared about not just people in poverty, people at the lower totem pole. She cared about all of America because when she when she was in office with her husband uh, as a first lady, she made these things. Uh, she made the an awareness she 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 got on top of these things for for america to take these issues seriously like education nutrition especially nutrition physical activity and healthy eating now here's the thing uh as you all know we're in the era of green we're in the era of eco-friendly we're in the era of of organic i she she did have a part to play in that as you guys know, if you go to school and you don't get a good education, it it can hold you back. And even if you, let's say you decide you don't want to go to college, you still need a basic level of education. You still need to be able to go through pre-K to the 12th grade and, and get a knowledge. And not only that, education doesn't stop. It doesn't start or stop in the school. It starts at home. It ends at home. In fact, it doesn't end at home. Here's the thing. It starts at home, but it can start anywhere 
at your at your point in time in life, but especially for young people, pa- parents need to be on top of their children with education. She was big on that. Once they leave the household going to school, they need to be on top of that. Teachers need to be um, need to come up with new ways on teaching kids because the old formulas, the old way of doing things sometimes didn't always work for all children. She was on top of that. And when you get out of school, after school, or going to the library, or going to a friend's house, education does not stop. We're always educating ourselves. But if you don't have the proper nutrition to feed into your, your body, to fuel you, you can't retain that information. All these things work hand in hand. Even that, you can have proper nutrients, but you also have to know how to work your body. You have to be active. See, here's the thing. Obesity was and still is a big thing. No pun intended. Um, Well, it sounds actually probably pun intended. I will, no offense. But the, the thing about it is these all played hand in hand. She came into the office to try to make a difference for the better. And on top of that, especially in the low-income neighborhoods, the neighborhoods of poverty, because she advocated for poverty awareness, these things trickle down into neighborhoods. I have family members that lived in those places, and there's not enough Whole Foods and enough Starbucks and enough things like that, um, that uh, healthier options that, that are affordable. Now we're in 2020, there's a lot more that's prevalent. We have a lot more of those things, but back in 2007, 2008, she was working on these things and she continued to work on these things. And physical activity is that part. So all of that together, education, poverty awareness, nutrition, physical activity, that's that's the whole thing. And for her, uh, her being a fashion icon, here's the two things I liked about her, right? For one, and I'm going to sound biased saying this, but as black people, we know how to dress out in style. We know how to rock certain clothes. The way fabric hits our shoulders, our our stomachs, hips, legs, feet, you know, our heads, however, like however fabric hits our skin, we know how to wear it to the T. So for her... And especially as a black woman, she knew how to dress. Um, I like the fact that she supported American designers. I didn't focus too much on her appearance. I'm not really that much of a fashion guy, but when I did notice from time to time or whenever the media pointed it out, um, she looked very nice. And I think it's a good thing that American designers are supported because if, if you guys don't know, and some of you may know, um, it's a thing. It's a thing to to be into European or foreign designers. We'll, we'll put a blanket over that because it doesn't just have to be European. But for the most part, it's European. And then I think you do have some Asian designers that kind of fashion their style somewhat to a European-esque uh archetype to an extent not always but european is like that is what appeals to a lot of people and she was a fashion icon like i said she knew how to dress so i appreciate all those facets that she that she implemented in that part 
family and education was very big to her very very big to her as you know because she has her family her husband her two daughters her, her mother um family was big uh in her early life michelle levon robinson uh like i said before she lived in chicago illinois on the south side uh she uh let me see to, she was born to Fraser Robinson the third. Now, that person was born in 1935 to 1991. I guess that's when they passed away. So that probably was her father, um, a city water plant employee, and Democratic precinct captain. Excuse me. And Marine Shields Robinson, her mother. Uh, still alive, born July 30th, 1937. Side note, my father's year when he was born was 1937, but he's no longer with us. Um, I just I just felt like mentioning that, so her mom is in her 80s right now. Uh, a secretary at Spigal's catalog store. Her mother was a full-time homemaker until Michelle entered high school. The Robinson and Shields family trace their roots to pre-Civil War African Americans in the American South. On her father's side, she descended from the Gula people of South Carolina, low country region. Her parental great-great-grandfather, Jim Robinson, was born into slavery in 1850 on Friendfield Plantation near Georgetown, South Carolina. He became a freed man at age 15 after the war. Some of Obama's parental family still reside in the Georgetown area. Michelle Obama's family. Her grandfather, Frazier Robinson Jr., built his own house in South Carolina. He and his his uh, wife, Levon Nee Johnson, returned to the low country from Chicago after retirement. Among her maternal ancestors was her great, 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 three greats, grandmother, Melvina Shields, born into slavery in South Carolina, but sold to Henry Walls Shields, who had a 200-acre farm in Clayton County, Georgia, near Atlanta. Melvina's first son, Dolphus T. Shields, was biracial and born into slavery around 1860. Based on DNA and other evidence, in 2012, researchers said his father was like 20-year-old Charles Marion Shields, son of Melvina's master. That's what they said. His father was like 20-year-old. Okay, I don't know if he was 20 years old or if he was 20 years apart from this person. Um, but uh, they may have 
had a continuing relationship as she had two more mixed race children and lived near Shields after emancipation. Taking his surname, she later changed her surname. As was often the case, Melvina did not talk to relatives about Dolphus' father. Dolphus Shields, with his wife Alice, moved to Birmingham, Alabama after the Civil War. They were great-great-grandparents of Michelle Robinson, whose grandparents had moved to Chicago. Other of their children's lines migrated to Cleveland, Ohio in the 20th century. Hey guys, what's up? So, I just had to take an intermission from yesterday. This is this is uh, Saturday. Um, I'm finishing up this episode today. So, we're going to continue after that. So, moving forward. All four of... Robinson's grandparents, which is Michelle Robinson before she was Obama, um, had multiracial ancestors. Reflecting the complex history of the U.S., her extended family has said that people did not talk about the era of slavery when they were growing up, which is very interesting. Her distant ancestry includes Irish, English, and Native American roots. Among her contemporary extended family is Rabbi Capers Fune, I hope I said that right, born in Georgetown, South Carolina. Fune is the son of her grandfather, Robinson's sister, and her husband, and he is about 12 years older than Michelle. Fune converted to Judaism after college. He is a parental first cousin once removed. (laughs) Excuse me. All right. So I want to touch on this a little bit. With Michelle's Obama um, history of her multi-racial ancestry, um, you find this it's very common amongst black folks or another term you could use African Americans or, or African people of the diaspora, black people in general, um, whether from the Caribbean to the Americas, all over the world, even you'll find this even in Africa, um, multi racial, uh, not so much relationships, but relations, it happened a lot. And it's just a, a lot of times it's just a byproduct of the nature of those times when slavery was very present. This is something that many African people, and I'm just speaking as a whole of the African diaspora had to deal with this type of stuff and even said that during those times they never talked about slavery they just you know you would think like this is 2020 nowadays we're like oh you know it's it's conversation We, we i think we do so much talking now we do so much of it but it was it wasn't really a thing um back then to really 
to really talk about it. It's just, you don't bring up those very close wounds. And I would think that they're very close because you're dealing with it on a day-to-day basis. Right? So, moving forward. Uh, Michelle Robinson's childhood home was on the upper floor of 7436 South Ulysses Avenue in Chicago's South Shore community area, which her parents rented from her great aunt who had the first floor. She was raised in what she describes as a conventional home with the mother at home, the father works, you have dinner around the table. Her elementary school was down the street. She and her family enjoyed playing games such as Monopoly, reading, and frequently saw extended family on both sides. She played piano, learning from her great aunt, who was a piano teacher. The Robinsons uh, attended services at nearby South Shore United Methodist Church. So definitely God did play a part in uh, Miss uh, Michelle Obama's life early life uh, and piped all throughout her her life um, they used the vacation in a rustic cabin in white cloud michigan she and her 21 month older brother craig skipped the second grade her father suffered from multiple um cellulosis i'm i'm i might be pronouncing it wrong is that Cialis? That's not Cialis. Sclerosis. Um, hold on. Sclerosis. That's how you pronounce it. Had to check that out on Google. I'm like, wait a minute. How do you say this? Sclerosis. Okay. So her father suffered from multiple sclerosis, which had a profound emotional effect on her as she was growing up. She was determined to stay out of trouble and be a good student which was what her father wanted for her. By sixth grade, Michelle joined a gifted class at uh, Bryn Mora Elementary School, later renamed Butchett Academy. She attended Whitney Young High School, Chicago's first magnet high school, established as a selective enrollment school where she was a classmate of Jesse Jackson's uh, daughter, Santita, Santita, which is an interesting name, Santita. Um, The round trip commute from the Robinson's South Side home to the near West Side, where the school was located, took three hours. Michelle recorded recalled being fearful of how others would perceive her but disregarded any negativity around her and used it to fuel me to keep me going that's what that was a quote from her she recalled facing gender discrimination growing up saying for example that rather than asking her for her opinion on a given subject people commonly tend to ask what her, what her older brother thought. She was on the honor roll 
for four years, took advanced placement classes, was a member of the National Honor Society, and served as a student council treasurer. She graduated in 1981 as the uh, salutatorian of her class. Now, this is, is, is great. I mean, that's like a, some parts of her education where you kind of get the understanding of these humble beginnings of how it kind of shaped and molded her to the, to the woman that she would ultimately uh, be as, as the first lady um, of, of the United States. And it's just very interesting. The, uh, the interesting part of, of this country and how slavery was such a terrible mark in my opinion and a lot of other opinion of uh, people's opinions a terrible mark in, in this country's history and how it's so fascinating how black people were at the very bottom and were sub sub um serving as uh in the servitude pretty much to uh white people at a particular time and some native americans because native there were native americans that did have slaves and stuff like that um subjected to all this type of animosity and and just segregated and subjugated to all different types of treatment and all that kind of fueled and now she was in the white you know previously but went to the white house and was the first lady and to make a difference and to probably bring attention to some of these things of how whites and blacks view each other how they treat one another and it's just really it's really ironic it's really interesting and also with her her ancestry just you know people being biracial and things like that it's just the heritage it's, it's it's not like she acts oh i want to have english blood in me i want to have irish blood in me all this it's just you're just a product of your ancestries and what they've what they've gone through and things of that nature and, and also seeing how she was treated in school and how she had to kind of push back and also her her gender of being a woman and how her voice was came second. It came second to men where people wanted to know her older brother's thoughts. And there could be a number of reasons of why that was the case, but I'm sure she paid enough attention and you have to hear sometimes when women say certain things or say things pretty much and it's not all women but I know Michelle Obama she fought for women to have a voice because she felt like she wasn't being heard in times when she should have been heard there's times where you there's times when you don't need to be heard because we all have to pick and choose our battles but there are times when we do need to be heard and as a woman she noticed the times when she didn't get heard, she should have been heard. So, um, Michelle Robinson was inspired to follow her brother to Princeton University, which she entered in 1981, right after high school. She majored in psych, uh, not psych, uh, sociology and minored in African American studies. That came to handy. Graduating cum laude with a bachelor's of arts in 1985 okay 
I see you, Miss Michelle Obama. You're doing your thing. You did your thing. Uh, Michelle Robinson recalls that some of her teachers in high school tried to dissuade her from applying. Interesting. And that she had been warned against setting my sights too high. And that also could have been another thing. I don't know if any of the teachers uh, were black or white, but one thing in education, if any teacher is listening, regardless of your color, don't limit your students. You, if, if you know your student well and you know their strengths or whatever, try to encourage them to go after the things that they're really good at. But even on, on things that they have difficulty or challenges, don't discourage them from, from them. Help them. Find someone to, to tutor them or, or to study with them to improve those areas that they lack in. But never, ever tell them, don't set your uh, sights uh, too high or you need to be more realistic with your, with your choices. Listen, there's nothing wrong with uh, having small dreams and there's nothing wrong with having big dreams. The problem is if you're telling a person to do one or the other and that's not their style. If you see if you see something within that person and it seems like they're larger than life, then try to help them go towards that direction. If you see someone in life, maybe that's not their thing and they want to do something a little bit smaller steer them to that direction in their life there's nothing wrong with that and i know a lot of people are going to say well, wait a minute that doesn't make any sense it does everyone has their place in life everyone fits a purpose but just don't ever discourage the person themselves that they can't achieve anything that they want to achieve just always try to find a way whatever way that is to bring them to their destiny that's all and from what she's saying there are probably people that just didn't believe in her and also probably the race thing came into play probably some people and there was there are some people that don't think that black people can do it i think that idea is changing as time goes on and she definitely played a part to helping that change once she got into the white house because she was big on education um but you have to not interject your own beliefs sometimes on on kids unless they ask for it she believed that her brother's status as an alumni he graduated in 1983 before being hired as a basketball coach coach at oregon state university and brown university may have helped her during the admissions process but she was resolved to demonstrate her own worth. She had stated that she was overwhelmed during her first year, attributing this to the fact that neither of her parents had graduated from college and that she had never spent time on a college campus. The mother of a white roommate reportedly tried unsuccessfully to get her daughter reassigned because of Michelle's race. Wow, that is really interesting, but not surprising. Michelle Robinson said that being at Princeton was the first time she became more aware of her, of her ethnicity 
And despite the willingness of her classmates and teachers to reach out to her, she still felt like a visitor on campus. There were also issues of economic class. I remember being shocked, she says, by college students who drove BMWs. I didn't even know, I didn't even know parents who drove BMWs. Um, while at Princeton, Robinson became involved with the Third World Center, now known as the Carl A. Fields Center, an academic and cultural group that supported minority students. She ran their daycare center, which also offered after-school tutoring for older children. She challenged the teaching mythology uh, from method methodology from French because she felt that it should be more conversational, which I actually liked that she she thought that. As part of research, her thesis by sending a questionnaire to African-American graduates asking that they specify when and how, hold on, I, I, I got, I got that mixed up again. As part of, as part of her requirements for graduation, she wrote a psychology thesis entitled Princeton Educated Blacks and the Black Community. She researched her thesis by sending a questionnaire to African-American graduates asking that they specify when and how comfortable they were with their race prior to their enrollment at Princeton and how they felt about it when they were a student and since then. Of the 400 alumni to whom she sent the survey, fewer than 90 responded. Her findings did not support her hope that the black alumni would still identify with the African-American community, even though they had attended an elite university and had the advantages that occur to its graduates. Hmm. Michelle Robinson pursued professional study earning her Juris Doctor, JD, degree from Harvard Law School in 1988. By the time she applied for Harvard Law, biographer Bond wrote her confidence had increased. This time around, there was no doubt in her mind that she had earned her place. Her faculty mentor at Harvard Law was Charles Ogletree, who had said that she had answered the question that had plagued her th her throughout Princeton. By the time she arrived at Harvard Law, whether she would remain the product of her parents or keep the identity she had acquired at Princeton, she had concluded she could be both brilliant and black. That is interesting. So. I've, I've also thought about this type of thing when it comes to being a um, quote-unquote black elite and, and, and your association or your thoughts on the black community. Can, as a black person that 
that hasn't grown up in the hood and you may have a, a different variety of friends around you that are not always black and you attend a school or you attend a space that are is predominantly other other than black white latino asian but you mostly find this being in more white space do you as a as a as a black elite person quote unquote i'm just using that as a as a general term do you associate yourself with the black community because a lot of times and and i've had these kind of thoughts myself being raised the way i was raised do i like my own people do i love my own people am i black if i talk this way am i black if i dress this way why do we have to act like this why can't we act like that you know why isn't my my own people afforded the same opportunities as others? Why aren't my own black people in this type of school? Why do I have to act this way in these spaces with these people that are different from me or different from my culture? You know, can I still be one way and be another? Meaning, can I still in one space talk properly and and let me say something talking proper and talking ratchet aren't necessarily bad things they're not the way you grew up is the way you grew up you can't help how you grew up you can be different you can be professional or you can be uh, laid back in certain settings that calls for it but it almost seems like when it comes to black people i think sometimes we we are a sense of identity i think that's what is lost a, a lot of times and for michelle obama she, these thoughts are running through her mind from the way she grew up to then going to school and, and being in, in a different environment that and something that she wasn't that she probably wasn't used to coming from the south side of chicago poor area probably to like a school like Princeton your identity is questioned because you are literally putting on one face to another and I and I don't think a lot I don't think people that are not black really understand unless you live in the body of a black person maybe more so Hispanic or Asian or white you know it the people of color we have we almost have the, some of those uh, similar experiences that, you know, that we kind of relate to, but each group have their own unique experiences. If you're not, I'm just going to really say, and I'm not trying to exclude anyone. If you're not black and, you, and you're not in that situation, you really, it's, it's hard to wrap your mind, your mind around it. It's really hard to wrap your mind around it. You know, so she came to the realization of her own identity it's okay to be both brilliant and black and that's what she needed to move forward in the world because oh it's okay that i'm black there's nothing wrong with being a black person where i came from nothing wrong with it because truth be told people people of all races like the good of black people and they like the bad and when I mean the bad or what is deemed bad by society, and, and it's sometimes, and I'm just going to keep it real, sometimes it can be bad because this, regardless of any race dysfunction, behavior is never, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not something you should um, 
what's, how do you put it, uh, uh, romanticized. But you have people will come over the tracks. That's the term that people use. Let's go over the tracks to, to that neighborhood and see what these people are doing. Perfect example, Elvis Presley. He To get his style and his swagger and his moves, the, the, the smooth moves, he would go to a lot of the black um, black bars. A lot of those, I, I don't know the, I'm forgetting the word, what the, the maybe saloons or uh, jazz clubs and, and just places where a lot of black folks were and, and they were able to be themselves. They were able to be themselves and, and, and they accepted them each other for who they were in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the community. And Elvis got big because of it, because he took what he learned from them and he probably was shown and taught and, and I'm sure they were inviting in some ways. Like we're not, tr- listen, I think even for back in those days, yeah, do something to a white man and, and live to tell the story. No, people just want to live. So they can, oh, look at this white, white, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that narrative isn't really told as much in America. I think it's getting better now nowadays, but she understood it's okay to be black and it's okay to be brilliant. Like, it's okay for me to be smart and black. It's okay to it's, a, it's okay for me to, to to be educated. It's okay for me to think above and beyond what people assume that I think. And even for her own people, sometimes her own people may feel like, oh, you think you're better than me for being so smart. Like, no, it's okay. Maybe if something was to happen to you and you needed a lawyer, maybe you can come to me because I know some things. You know what, girl? You're right. Like, there's nothing wrong with you reading a book about law. Maybe you can help me. So she she came to that identity. And I think that's a, a, a lot. I think that's the thing that African-Americans need in the world, specifically African-Americans. We need to know our identity of, of who we are. Because if we don't know who we are, we don't know where we're going. Mm. By the way, I'm, I'm drinking this applesauce. I don't know if you guys know. Del Monte quality fruit burst squeezers. Oh my God, they're so good. I'm going to see if they have more flavors. Okay, that's a side note. I want to jump to uh, so there's a lot more information you can find out on uh, Wikipedia which that's where I'm on because it's her early life you could get a lot more information there and there's there's tons of video footage of her conversations um, speeches that she has done greatly on YouTube or on other websites. She is a, a big mover and shaker. I want to focus on some of her books that she that she's done, some of her accomplishments. I know I'm kind of breezing past certain things. I'm sorry, Miss Michelle Obama. Um, but you will be recognized. So some of her books that she's done. So in 2008, um, one of the books that came out with her was Michelle Obama in her own words. Then you had another book that came out 
of hers where it talks in 2009 Michelle Obama speeches of her life love and American values then I believe in 2012 yet another book of hers Mich- uh, not Michelle is is called American Grown that was by Michelle Obama then and I might I might be missing some but I I have the, a list right here then you have well these are a, a couple of few mentions I will say that then in 2017 you have the book of hers be vigilant but not afraid the farewell speeches of Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and then she has the book that came out so wait, that was 2017 and the and I remember when this book came out everyone was talking about it and it was just like oh my god it's probably it's uh, it's I think an autobiography of like everything that she's been through and it the book is called Becoming New York Times bestseller if you if you haven't heard about it you must be under a rock go check it out that came out in 2018 so I just mentioned a couple of the books that she that she um, did uh, but the thing the, I, I didn't go through everything in her in this episode excuse me but really if you want to find more information about her go on Google type in her name go purchase her book becoming go in fact go purchase all of her books her and her family they deserve it she deserves it she dealt with a lot and and touched on a lot of different things in her life from education to women to poverty to um her movement with the lgtb community um to social justice to all like all these different things right she touched on a lot of different things where whether you agree with them or not at 56 years old, she she's accomplished a lot and been through a lot in her life, and she's never looked any better. And the main thing, guys, is whatever you're doing in life, never stop. Keep going. You're going to get some objections. You're going to get some pushback. People are not going to like what you have to say. A lot of times, trust me, I've been there. I've experienced some things. But you got a story to tell and you got to keep pushing because you don't want your story to just end right then and there. Like, just, you know, be like Michelle, becoming, become something great. So we should always give our flowers to our heroes while they're still here because some of them deserved it. So with that being said, guys, this is Jay. This is my episode, episode six for Michelle Obama for Black His and Her Story Month. Uh, If you guys want to follow me, you can go to my Instagram page, 91Dreams. Check me out there. I post videos up, short little snippets. Also, you can go to my 91Dreams apparel to buy my merch. Um, Also, I will be posting up content of my artwork on 91Draws on Instagram and if you want to go to my YouTube channel, I also put snippets of my podcast and I have uh, other different shows on there on that specific channel, the 91 box. Um, you can find that on YouTube. 
subscribe to my channel, hit the like buttons on my videos, and hit that notification bell so you can always get updates on when I post videos. And my Patreon account. I have this account called The 91 Box Production. Everything that I do, my podcast, my YouTube videos, my apparel merch, uh, my Instagram account, all of that is under the umbrella, but there will be more content that will be produced under this. So if you could support me of just $5 a month, which it, it's not set up yet, but go check it out. Save it as your favorites on your uh, web browser or on your phone. You know, look out for that. I will be posting more information as time goes on. So guys, if you listen to the, to the end of this video, thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you. Um, could have been a better video. I, I know it could have been a, a better video, but I did the best I can. So better video. What am I saying? What am I saying? Oh my God, my word. I'm tripping over all of my words. This could have been a better podcast, but I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for everything. And this is Jay and I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.